I don't, did you, I don't know, like, did, there, she's out there. You're the Florida version of Sex in the City, JB. That's what I was smoking my cigar. <laughs> Don't be an asshole today. Alright, so uh, we've got Rakefit with us uh, today, and she is ready and waiting, which is unusual for our guests. Yes, it I'm is. Just let her in because there is, um, you know, uh, nothing better than a short filmmaker. <laughs> oh, yeah, for real. Oh, hello. Oh, there she is. Hi. Hello. Oh my God. How are you? Oh, good. It's so good to see you finally. I know you too. It's been like 15 years. <laughs> I don't know. It might be. It's been a long time. Yeah. You were working on a YouTube series and you were filming in South Florida. Oh yeah. Breaking fat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with Jill, oh, Jill right with Jill I like that Jill. yeah 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 that was some fun <laughs> that was really fun and seems like another lifetime ago but was, yeah. that, was, that was a good time it really was like it's it's funny because like you have totally switch genres <laughs> i've switched everything <laughs> i've switched i'm not married i'm not married anymore i i've done <laughs> everything's different everything i feel like i'm a different person than i was then although i'm probably the same person i just i don't I'm know different you're i don't half, know you're half the size <laughs> dude i don't know i actually think i'm the same weight <laughs> but I don't know. And it just shift. It shifted a little bit, but um, no, I lost weight and then I gained it back. So, like from when you saw me, I lost a ton of weight and I looked amazing. And then I gained a bunch of weight again, and it's like COVID happened, and I just, I just gained a bunch of weight, and now I'm trying to lose it again. Unfortunately, so. it comes back. Yeah, it always comes back. I used to do a stand-up joke about how, like, the the last three pounds are like, oh, is it about time to go back? That's I think we should head back. Like, no. <laughs> exactly. Now, no, no. I'm just like I'm looking at the background, and and I love how creepy it is. <laughs> well, the only reason is because otherwise you could see all my bottles of water stacked up in my kitchen, and it just looks weird. So, no, I mean, it's, so it's, this it's, is actually my poster for the new movie yeah. in the background. So I. So yeah. let's talk about that. Like, yeah, I was I was telling um, uh, the JD that you uh, a short filmmaker and you are um, right now like really hitting the horror market. And yeah. um, and I love that. And you are like like a, 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 a one woman show here. It's like you yeah. write it, you direct it, you star in it, you produce it, you you do the go, you raise the funds for it. But this is the thing. And I don't think that many people know that there's something about short filmmakers, you know, like that I think is amazing because you got a passion for a subject and you throw everything you have at it and you've only got a limited amount of time. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's a 10 minute short, a 20 minute short, whatever, but you're cramming all that passion into this tiny little time frame and you're telling mm -hmm. 
a story in it. And it's like, I don't think people get that. People don't realize how much work goes into it. Um, Like my aunt was just watching me crowdfund. And then one day she's like, so how long is the movie going to be? And I was like, 10 minutes. And she's like, 10 minutes. (laughs) just like Her eyes almost like popped out of her head. She was like, you're doing all of this for 10 minutes. And I was like, imagine if it was a feature, how much work that would be, because it's, it's, it's a lot of work. And a lot of people, some people can do it for less money and less time and effort. But honestly, I think you can see it in the final product. I I treat every short, right. I treat every short like a feature. I mean, I treat it like it's just as important. It yeah. has to look as good. It has to be as organized. It has to have the right funding so that I can pay people to do the work that they're doing. Um, and I mean, I don't pay them well, but I pay them versus <laughs> nothing. Right. Um, and I, I make nothing on it. Like I do four major jobs, not to mention like all the other little jobs. And I don't, I don't put anything aside in the budget for me. I don't, I don't take a penny from it. Like not a penny. Um, Every single piece of money, like anything we get goes right into the project or to paying people who are going to help me make the project. Um, And, you know, I know people who put stuff aside for themselves, but it's like, why would I do that? I need it. This is my project. Like it's right. 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 I should be putting it. Tell us a little bit like about, about your process. Like, you mm-hmm. get an idea and you bang yeah. it out. And you, how do you squeeze that into ten, um, like your story into ten minutes? Honestly, right. for oh, for me, the short writing is easier than features. Really? I find it to be a lot easier, not because it's shorter, but features. You have to explain a lot. There has to be arcs and ang- acts, and you know, everything has to be like. It's, there's a there's a formula, yeah. you know, and with a short, it's kind of like poetry. There's no real formula. It's kind of you you make it what you want it to be, yeah. and you can get in and get out. You don't have to explain everything. You don't have to have a perfect ending. You don't have to, you know, every character doesn't need to be fully developed because we are only seeing them for a very very short time. Right. So I find it to be a lot easier. Some mm-hmm. people are the opposite. They're like, I need the pages to explain it. I need the pages to whatever. Um, but I always liked writing short stories and poetry. And so it kind of fits um, that. For me, it's more about a moment in time. I don't want to get into all the details of why is she this way? And where did she come from? And where is she going? And I don't care. You figure it out. That's not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> My problem is I just want to show you an interesting person doing an interesting thing that you can relate to in some way. And then you fill in the blanks to for, for it to meet That's whatever it means to you. Right? It feels like, it, I, I don't know what the right word is, but like interactive. Like you're, well, you're letting the audience come to their own conclusions, you know, which means you don't think we're idiots. Right. Why do I have to explain it? I mean, sometimes, you know, with Jax in Love, my first film, um, there was a lot of questions at the end, like, well, what does this mean? And where does she live? And I was like, why do I have to tell people? Guess what? Like, it means whatever they want it to mean. You want to believe that she goes on and becomes this? Great. You want to believe that she's doing it for this reason? Fine. Like, I'm going to give you my thoughts about it and I'm going to put it out there and then, like, enjoy. Do whatever you want. (laughs) <laughs> do whatever you want with it. There's um, a lot of people, like, yeah. 
films that are like that. You can yeah. watch yeah, that don't give you that information. Frustrating, yeah, yeah. Well, and but, it is sometimes, but yeah. sometimes it's nice, right? Because you're like, I get to decide what that ending means, you know, and what well, it means the difference to me. too is that you haven't invested two hours into right. something and and then don't right. have and then they don't give you an answer right yeah. right right yeah. yeah i mean even jacks and boo like the first two i mean i i attempted to give an answer whether people got the answer or not is debatable right. um i attempted to give them you know something to think about yeah um but short films should be that i think short films yeah. should give you something to think about Oh, Maybe definitely. you see a moment of in time in somebody's life that you've never experienced that person's experience before. Um, maybe it's a really interesting character and you just want to kind of see the character be the character. Um, right. And it's not so much about, and, you know, it can just be like, for, well, at least for me, my short films all have, it's like set up, set up, set up, set up, twist. That's kind of how they work for me. So mm -hmm. other people have different, like styles and whatever i like to be like if i'm gonna if you're gonna watch this i'm gonna have you watch it and i don't want you to know what's gonna happen and i when you yeah. get to what's gonna happen i want you to go back and go wait a minute i think yeah. she was trying to tell us that this was gonna happen <laughs> but i didn't pick up on it the first time like boo a lot of people the first time they watch it have no idea how it's going to end. And then when they watch it again, they're like, oh my God, I got so much more out of it the second time because I knew what was coming. And all of the stuff is there. Like all of the information is, is present. You're just not paying attention to it until you go back and look at it again, hopefully. Wow. Some what people said they knew what was going to happen, but I don't believe it. <laughs> what, so, what, what, like, so when last we left you, me <laughs> you were <laughs> you were doing some hardcore comedy like it was that was it some was i was doing stand-up and yeah. and oh. and breaking fat and all that was i mean that was it so i love that title <laughs> i know right well it was like breaking bad it was a three fat and, girls selling meth that was what it yeah. was oh. <laughs> <laughs> what um, um what made you uh take a turn to horror stuff what made you go crazy? Um, no, a lot of things. I, I was doing a lot of comedy and because I was a stand-up and I did a lot of like Disney and Nickelodeon shows, like kids TV shows, um, which is great. And I love it. And I hope I continue to do those things. But they were calling me in for um, like serious roles or dramatic roles. And they just, I, I just was like pegged as a comedian. Like you're a funny, you're funny and you're crazy and you can be kooky. And like, yes, I can. And it's fun. And I like to do that. But I can also cry and scream yeah, and, yeah. and do dramatic things. Yeah. Um, and I was never... I also was never the lead because I'm an overweight woman and I just, I was never the leading lady kind of a, I was always the sidekick, the crazy lady, the this, the that, whatever. Again, mm -hmm. all great things and nothing wrong with them, but I was like, I can do other stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just, I started to write, to set out, to give myself something to show people, guess what? I can do other things. And here it is. If you're not going to hire me to do it, I'll do it myself. Right. So I can yeah. show it. Yeah. I can show you. Yeah. Isn't that always um, the case though? Yeah. Like, usually why a personal project becomes personal, yeah. you know? Yeah, because you know, and so I, I wrote Jax to be the 
like the darkest thing I could think of, whatever. I just thought I'm going to, I'm going to write something really dark, something I really want to do. I always kind of wanted to do a road trip kind of a movie. Um, I'd say Jax is a combo of like misery meets Thelma and Louise. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> something along the lines of that. Um, so, and I, so I thought, what can I write that I'm playing a role that nobody would cast me in and I'm playing a role that I really think I would have fun playing and and show people that I'm a, I'm a good actor. I'm not just a comedian, like I can act. Right. Um, so that's how Jax came about. And then, you know, I won, I won a lot of acting awards for it in the festivals and stuff. And I felt very vindicated by, see, I told you yeah. I could <laughs> act. I'm not just funny. Um, Although there were moments of comedy in it for sure. And even unintended moments. I can't help but be funny sometimes. Like I just, it's kind of my default. So it happens. A little um, bit of levity, you know, doesn't. doesn't and it would, yeah, it didn't hurt. It didn't yeah. hurt. And we had little moments here and there. And, um, but I felt really like, okay, I did it. Um, and then boo, I, um, then, I, and I didn't think I was making a horror movie. I, I never intended to get into horror. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to make a horror movie. <laughs> Jack was just a really dark movie that, about a woman really wanting love and doing absolutely anything she could do to get it, which yeah. is me in a nutshell in general. <laughs> um, it was very much my experience as a human being on this planet. Um, obviously I didn't kill anybody, but, um, but feeling <laughs> like, yet no um but feeling like feeling like i would do anything to get somebody to love me and i think that's a very universal feeling that people yeah. have especially totally relatable in yeah. general yeah that's that's a really good premise yeah and it was like she she only kills people she loves because she can keep them with her that way because she's crazy oh, and so she can, kind of, she can kind of see them after they die and it's their only way to keep her to keep oh. them with her um, so she doesn't kill bad people. She kills great, nice people who are very sweet to her because she doesn't want to lose them. Um, so it's kind of like, you don't want to root for her because you're like, wow, what a psycho. But also she's such a sweetheart that you're like, well, she just wants love. Like I get it. You know, like she's yeah, just, yeah. so, um, but everybody was like, this is a horror movie. And I was like, this is not a horror movie. This is a movie about love. And they're like, no, this is a movie about a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then it just started to do really well in the horror festivals and suddenly I was like being interviewed for all these women in horror articles and women in horror this and women in horror that and I was like wait a second wait a second I don't even like horror I don't know how I ended up in this genre I thought it was a drama and I just didn't realize that horror was more than what I thought it was, right? Like horror yeah. is not just saw and cutting up people yeah. and blood. It blood, can be right. it can be psychological horror. It could be horror comedy. It could be, you know, there's so many kinds yeah. of horror. Um, right. right. And I've learned a lot about horror in general in the last few years. So, and then with Boo, I was like, well, now everyone expects me to make horror movies. Um, and I kind of felt like I needed to use the momentum of the horror kind of life that I had created for myself yeah. unintentionally, completely unintentionally. Um, and so I went out, I set out to like make a horror movie on purpose. Like this is a horror movie <laughs> and I'm making a horror movie so that everybody knows I can make horror movies. Um, 
And then yet even Boo, although it's a horror movie, it's still a lot. Most of it is very much just a drama. It's just, um, it has a very horrific ending. Um, so, but anyway, and then this new film still, I still don't know. I'd, I wouldn't consider it a horror. I would consider it a drama more than a horror. But again, there are very much horror elements in it. Um, which I think at this point I almost can't escape because I've gotten so enmeshed in the genre. Um, yeah. And also it's about a woman losing a, a child, which is horrific in and of itself. Oh God. So, um, so it is kind of a horror movie also. It's just not, uh, I wouldn't call it that. I just wouldn't call it yeah. that. But yeah. You know, it, it, it's, is it, it, I don't know if it's just me, but I feel bad. Like, and you can't get out of being pigeonholed in yeah. horror, you know what I mean? Well, now I'm pigeonholed in horror. That's I was pigeonholed I mean. in comedy, and, and now, now I'm very much pigeonholed in, in horror. Yeah. And yeah, it's because people want to people want to put you in a box. They do that, right? Like, you're a lesbian podcaster, right? You know, and it's like, no, yeah. but I'm so much more than that. That's not what I am. That's not yeah. who I am. That's not my whole yeah. identity. That's not... You know, like when I was doing comedy, I kind of became like a lesbian comic. And I was like, but why am I a lesbian comic? I'm just a comic. Mm -hmm. I have nothing yeah. to do with like who I'm married to or whatever. Um, but I think it just makes people more comfortable to put you in some kind of, it's just easier for them. Yeah, and, you just slap and then, a label on it and, you know. And put they're it like, I know what you are. I know what yeah. you do. And they put um, you in a pile. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. here's the comedy pile. Here's the horror pile. Here's the LGBT pile. Here's the, right. you know, you can't right. mix them up. You can't. Right. You know and I mean? you know what, as someone who is, you know, I mean, I identify as bisexual. So I'm always feeling like I'm in the wrong pile. <laughs> so <laughs> what pile they put me in. I'm like, that's not me. They're like, Oh, you're a straight. I'm like, no, I'm not. Oh, you're a lesbian. Well, I'm not, you know, like I just, I never feel like I fit into one um, thing. Yeah. And uh, so I just, I don't know. I think that's my whole life. I'm very much in the middle of everything. I'm in the middle politically. I'm in the middle in my sexuality. I'm in the middle, even like my, if I'm like girly or masculine, I'm not really either. I'm just kind right. of like neither. Yeah. I always felt I that know. way with my music because I felt like I didn't quite fit country, although I was in Nashville recording and was kind of country. I never could place myself in a in a category either you know in a genre yeah. I'm and then you shouldn't I'm have to rock. yeah i mean then yeah. and then you get artists who once they make their name you know like so many people did it linda ronstadt stevie nicks i just found out did a like a an album of standards like big band standards oh, wow. she sang yeah. at last and stuff like that uh linda ronstadt did that in so many ways she did that whole latin album and then she did the nelson riddle music and but you have to make your name first in something and then you can kind of like expand you know if you're not but it's true i i see what you mean before that nobody knows where to put you that's always been my thing with my music they didn't they don't know where to put me like what are you rock are you country right. are you i mean look taylor swift also she started country then she was pop then she started to do like this kind of edgy thing and then she went yeah. back to country again and yeah. but she's taylor swift and she can do that she can move through yeah. the genre right that's exactly yeah, yeah exactly but I mean, you know like, yeah. a lot of actors like robin williams 
you know, mm-hmm. funny, funny, funny drama. Oh, Jim Carrey, yeah. funny, funny, funny drama. So and yeah, even Adam Sandler is now doing a lot of more serious things, and he's yeah. very good at it. And yeah. I think he does a great job. And it's it's sad that nobody's given them the opportunity to do that before then, because I'm sure they he just wasn't even given the opportunity. Oh, definitely. In, yeah. Until and he I was think- Adam Sandler, and then they're like, okay, we'll try it. You know, yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah. see how it goes. Right. I think, and then you take like the Robin Williams, who's known for comedy, and then when he played those a couple of roles where he was like a psychopath, like in that movie Photo Booth or oh, something. Oh, one hour like, photo. Yeah. Photo. One hour yeah, photo. That movie is. Crazy. Creepy. You see, they play the. They could play these people that are scary. You know, yeah. it's like. That's well, if you weird. know any comedians, they are the darkest people you've <laughs> ever met. Like they that. really, truly are. Yeah. It's yeah. not unusual for a stand-up to be in the horror genre now. You know what I mean? Like it's just <laughs> yeah, we yeah, tend yeah. to be very dark people, and most comedians are comedians because they're they don't know how else to deal with the pain that's going on in their life, so they make fun of it. You know, yeah. I, I, I I saw something. I don't I don't even know where, but it said, "Your you know it was like someone said to me, uh, your trauma has made you so strong." And I said, "My trauma has made me strong, but it's also made me hilarious." Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yes, because yeah, it can go either the, way. Yeah, you, it's it's just, it also it. depends on you. Who are you? Are you somebody that will go to comedy with it? Or are you someone who will go and write poetry and sad songs? Like, and right, and some right, people yeah. will do one, and some people do the right. other. Either is fine. You know, I've kind of done both. I did yeah. the comedy, and now I'm doing the sad stuff. You yeah. know, in my in my sad movies. Like this movie is gonna be so sad. Oh, <laughs> yeah, this is sad probably the darkest thing. Sad. Sad and horror, like a sad. Sad horror. and horror. I mean, it's about a woman who. Um, uh, it, basically, she she suffered a stillbirth, and it's her trying to deal with w- w- how to keep going. That's so um, and wow. it's very heavy. Um, it's based on I had a miscarriage two years ago, and I was it like destroyed me, and um, I had to write. I just had to write about it. It took me a while, but eventually, I wrote the script. And I felt so much better after I wrote it. Um, I just felt like I needed people to understand how it felt. Like, I just was like, I need people to get how just traumatizing and painful this is. Um, Because you kind of know it is. I mean, you would assume it is. But you don't realize all of what goes into it and how, like, you see this life for yourself that just never materializes. And this person that you're never going to meet. And, you know, it's just... um, and it happens so much and people don't talk about it just like every other women's issue in the world. Um, <laughs> it's, it's taboo and it's, you're not allowed to talk about it and yeah. it makes people uncomfortable and women feel like they can't share. And, um, and when I, when it happened to me, I went on Facebook and I posted about it and I talked about how devastated I was and I posted pictures of the sonogram. And I mean, I really, I needed to talk about it and it made some people very uncomfortable. Like I could tell, like it, it did make some people, they just didn't know what to say. They didn't know how to deal with it. It's, it's death and women's issues. Like the two things that nobody like knows what to do. Yeah. Um, and I realized, and then slowly women kept coming to me privately, even guys, like guys who are married or sisters who had gone through it. 
yeah. writing to me privately saying like, this happened to me and this is how I felt too. And this is what yeah. helped me. And this is what didn't help me. And oh, and if you want to talk and, and, and some of these people were people I've known my whole life and never knew yeah. that this had gone on and because they didn't talk about it. And so you yeah. literally were like, I could have, I mean, there were people that were going through it at the same time as me. And I didn't find out till months later when I was talking about it with them. And they're like, oh, it happened to us at the same time as you because you posted about it. And oh. I was like, oh my God, I didn't even know. And I could have been there for you or I could have. Yeah, whatever, shared resources, something. So yeah. I decided that it needed to be made. It needed to be talked about. I was hoping it would start conversations and let and help women feel understood and seen and um and help them like if somebody were to say to them like well i just don't understand how you feel i want them to be like here watch this movie yeah this is how i feel i feel like that yeah. so if you see that and you get how i feel then maybe i'll feel better because at least you'll understand how how bad it feels um yeah. because if you don't have that experience you you would never know mm -hmm. um so I'm sure there's going to be backlash and I know there's some people who don't like talking about it and who feel it's private and it shouldn't be shared. And, and it's just like crazy. Like why, why, why is it okay to share that I had a baby, but not okay to share that I lost a baby? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. especially like, since your story, it, you know, if you just wrote that story from someone else's perspective, maybe people could be more critical, but it is your experience. It's very personal. Yeah. And, and, and this, the movie is not my story, meaning I didn't write what happened to me. Mm -hmm. I wrote a dramatized version of how I felt. Like yeah. I wanted yeah. to show that the way it felt to me was this like dream that turned into a nightmare. And I didn't want to tell my exact story, but I wanted to show how this can be a dream that turns into a total nightmare yeah. and um so i changed a few things i did not have a stillbirth thank god um mine was earlier but i felt like it needed to be the the stakes needed to be raised a little bit to drive home the point of right. like how this felt to me because right. it did, to me it, i might as well have been seven months pregnant because it didn't yeah. matter i was already ready and prepared for this life mm -hmm. i was changing everything about my life i was gonna move we were looking at different houses I was buying stuff. I was planning yeah. this whole different life. And then all of a sudden it was just over and gone. And that's it, you know? And, and a lot of people were like, oh, you can try again. And I'm like, I didn't try in the first place. This kind of happened by accident. Right. I don't have a partner. I don't have any money. I'm 43 years old now. It may not happen again. That may, that may have been my chance. That may have been it. And so for me, it was incredibly final and sad. And yeah. um, and for a lot of women, that's the case. Or they've had 12 miscarriages. I mean, I've talked to women who've had dozens, dozens. Yeah. I don't know how they continue to try. I don't know where that strength comes from. Um, but yeah, that's just, you know, it. You know it, it's it's all really personal. You know, and I and I'm I'm sure there will be people that will watch your movie for their own reasons. Sure. Yeah, but, I hope so. And, you know, like that's that's 
it's hard to say, oh, that's my target audience. That sounds awful, you know. But, but it kind of is. I mean, yeah, in a way. I like I want the women who have experiences to watch this because I think that it will help them feel understood. Yeah. Right. Um, right. And yeah. that's where I'm a little bit not sure what to do about like a content warning or a trigger warning because oh, to yeah. some degree it could be very triggering for some of these women. Yeah. Um but at the same time, if I warn them and they don't see it, I feel like that's doing them a disservice because I think that they would find healing in it or yeah. just understanding. And so I'm like kind of teetering between do I warn people? Do I not? I mean, look, the movie's name is still and there's a baby on the poster. Yeah. It's not a far fetched idea that this might right. be right. about right. a stillbirth. Right. Um, it's not like a big surprise. And also my campaign and everything is all about miscarriage and pregnancy loss. And um, we donated over a thousand dollars from what we raised to pregnancy loss organizations oh, that help great. women. Yeah. Um, nice. I had to, I was like, we need to give back. I want to give back. So we took, I said 5% of whatever we raised were donating, which was around a thousand ten dollars in the end. Yeah. Um, and so we donated it to these five organizations that help women both locally and nationally. And then, um, and I've also been sharing, they have like different support groups and zoom meetings. And so, so I've been sharing that on our movie page, like for women who might've found the page. And so I'm trying to share the resources because none of this stuff, nobody when this happened to me I didn't know about any of this stuff I didn't know it existed I didn't know I could reach out to these people I didn't know there were I just didn't know and I wasn't in a place where I could like oh I'm gonna research this let me look it up I want to find a support group I'm gonna find a I just was like ah I don't know what to do with my life now yeah and so I'm trying to put it all out there as much as I can so that people who are experiencing that kind of trauma have somewhere to go because um, there's these really amazing organizations doing really amazing things. Um, and it's like, there's, there's good, you know, there's, there's good. There's good to come out of it. I think there's it, a right? lot of good <laughs> yeah, to be done. Yeah. yeah, yeah for sure. Some women, you know, like I went through infer- an infertility struggle for five years. Uh-huh. I never actually was able to get pregnant, but I know what you mean about grieving the loss of someone you never met, because in those five years, trying and trying and get your hopes up every month and you think, you know, you hope that you're going to, that you're going to, a baby will come out of it and you imagine how you want to make the nursery or how, what you would have, you know, when you have the baby. And then when it never happens, it's not as, it's not as, it's different from being pregnant and losing the baby. But it's still a loss that that of something. No, it, it's not that different. Had. I don't think. Yeah, no, I don't it, think it's yeah. that different. It's a loss of something you never had. I often thought about writing a song about that. Like, have oh my god, you should never met, but you you for five years you imagine what that person yeah. is be like. You know, for sure. I mean, I was pregnant for a very short time, very short. I was like eight or nine weeks. It was very short, but I. Um, in that time, I had already named him, looked oh. for a place to live, thought about how am I going to raise him? Where am I going to move? I told my job I'm probably going to be leaving in a few months. I mean, like I was preparing um, yeah. and, yeah. and you know, thinking, how am I going to do this alone? How am I going to do this without a partner? 
you know, my mom, thank God for my parents, they really stepped up. They're like, my mom's like, I'll be your birth partner. I'm going to take care of you. Don't worry. Uh Um, And my parents are Orthodox Jews and they could have been very like, this is not okay. And they were just like, we're here for you. We love you. We're going to love this kid. You're going to be amazing. Don't worry. My mom took me to all the doctor's appointments, you know, like all the stuff that needed to happen. They were going to help me find a new place to live and everything. So, um, you know, and then one day it's just done. It's just over. And all of a sudden you're like, for me, because it happened so quickly, it almost felt like it didn't happen. And I needed to know that it happened. I needed to like make an imprint on the world that this happened and it was real and it existed and um and it's horrible and it's yeah. horrible and yeah. it's absolutely horrible and and I mean I went through I had contractions like I was in the hospital like in labor and yeah. I yeah and you don't think at an eight or nine weeks you'd be in labor you know but like I for two days had contractions I was in so much pain. it was horrible it was horrible oh, um and then what do you have at the end of it nothing right. <laughs> so you know the, and the loss the suffering like, part of it, you know it's just all the suffering and then no not even the baby to show for it you know at the right, end right, right and i right. can imagine look That's even right. with infertility there's so much suffering that goes into that and so much hope and so much loss and you know i've been kind of trying ever since to some degree yeah. trying <laughs> and um you know and every month i'm like every i get my period and it feels like I lost a baby again. Every I, get, single one, uh, I, had, I had endometriosis. So I was going through surgeries for the endometriosis and for treatments to try to get pregnant. And they back then they put you on the OBGYN floor. So I was on the floor with the people that were in labor. Oh I'm in my room watching the women walking up and down in labor. Oh my God. That makes me want to cry. And I just told my my now ex-husband, just please shut the door. Because I knew I was just leaving with another scar. I was not leaving with anything but another scar and a little less hope. But um, now they don't do that anymore. Now they put you on the floor. They have a total floor. It's horrible. That's horrible. horrible. And then they put a woman in the room with me who was pregnant, who was having some problems. And it was really hard to be in the room with her, you know, because, you know, you're hearing them on the side of the curtain. My sister-in-law, who I love very much, and my brother, they were pregnant at the same time I was pregnant. And she had a due date of about three weeks before me. Luckily, and I love my nephew so much. Luckily, he was fine. He was, And they had their own infertility struggles. So it was like a big deal that they were even pregnant and he can't. But forever and ever and ever and ever, I look at my nephew and think you could have had a cousin that's exactly your age that's not here. Right. right. And it's hard. And yeah. and and I don't want to ruin their happiness. And I try, I don't really talk about it to them, but it's very hard. I mean, every time I see him, I think he could be here. Yeah. Um, and I'm so glad that he's here. Of course. I I mean, I adore my nieces and nephews so much. Um, but it's also, I'm the oldest, my siblings all have kids. It's very hard. And seeing pregnant women is very hard. And seeing women with babies are hard. I'm a teacher. I work with children every single day. 
watching parents with their children every single day. It is hard. It is like, why do they get to be parents and I don't get to be parents? I'm sure you also can relate to that and feeling, or you see bad parents and you're like, how, why are they allowed to be parents? I I would be an amazing mom. And why, why don't I get to have that? You know? So there's a lot of feelings around it. So many feelings, whether you've had a pregnancy, not have a pregnancy, if you want it, it's, there's pain there. You know, on the opposite on the complete opposite end of that, I think um, I remember I used to, I used to struggle with conversations, whether it was like this or you know even when we were younger and my my friends would already have their baby names picked out and and I'm like I wonder if there's something wrong with me that I don't feel you this didn't way. want it didn't want it didn't care if it happened didn't care if it didn't happen didn't it just wasn't like on my radar. And when people, you know, would ask, that was the only time that it would be a thought, like, but in day to day, minute to minute life, never. I honestly envy, I envy that. I envy it (laughs) because it happened to be the way my life kind of worked out. I wish I didn't want it. And I do believe there are women who just are just like, I, I have no desire for that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with those women at all. It's not for everybody. Yeah, it's definitely not. I always do wonder, like, if it was because I'm an only child. It could be, like, because I seriously remember, like, (laughs) I used to tell my parents all the time, "Don't, I don't want a brother or sister." (laughs) I do not. You never wanted children in your life. Yeah, Yeah, I was like, but I was the family babysitter. Like, I loved my cousins, and I loved babysitting and taking care of them, and you know, and having fun with them and, and teaching them how to swim and watching them learn how to ride a bike and all that kind of, we all lived on the same street, you sure. know, but it was like, I just, I just didn't, you would think though, being surrounded by it the way I was that it, you know, but it's really, it's so personal. Like, yeah, I, I really been, think some women just are, are like, and men, of course, are just like not into it. And yeah, that's fine. I don't think that's necessary. Like, I'm fascinated by kids though. Like, what did I tell you, JD? My Instagram feed is all like little oh, yeah, kids. Yeah, that's little right. Kids oh, eating, so little kids eating. Bottle children. <laughs> then when they unswaddle. But you can love children without having wanting to have one in your house. You know what I mean? It's yeah, much it's different. Like, if I babysit, I'm like, here, you're, now it's your problem. Uh, right. like, now, you know, like, like I'm going home. I do. I feel like I, I, you know, like there's times where like it's the third time in the day that I'm vacuuming up litter off the floor. <laughs> right. my oh my imagine. God, me too. <laughs> I, can't, I can't imagine if I had a kid, I'd be following around. With Honestly, my, my cat would be, have been really upset had I had the baby. <laughs> yeah. She's like, yeah, I am the baby. We just um, all our love to our baby. And I do. I treat my cat like she's a full-blown child. And I have a stroller for her and I take her on walks. I I take her on walks. People are like, you're crazy. I'm like, I don't care. This is my baby. (laughs) My baby. Um, And I would do anything. I would just, I freaking love my cat. But but even when I was married, like half of the reason we ended up getting divorced was she didn't really want children. It wasn't like a big thing for her. She just didn't, she kind of was doing it because I wanted it. So we kind of looked into it and we signed up somewhere and we were thinking about it, but she just kind of was like dragging her feet. And that was a big part of it for me. I was like, I'm at the time I was 36. She was 40. And I was like, 
we don't have a lot of time. Like, if this is going to happen, like, it's got to happen, like, now. And you seem to not really be wanting to do this. And she's like, well, yeah. I want to do it because you want to do it. And I was like, well, that is not a good reason to, to yeah. want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it became just another kind of issue that led to to us getting divorced. But, um, and then I never dated a woman again. And it was not on purpose. <laughs> I just, no. I have not been with a woman in like eight, eight years now, I think. But I am fully bisexual. I'm very attracted to women. It just, I don't know. I just, I think because I've been so child-minded that it just became yeah. easier for me being bi to just focus on men because it seemed more likely to happen that way. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not impossible, obviously, any other way, but just it seemed more like the direction I needed to go. Um, and and I have not had any success with that. But, um, but you know, who Let me knows? Look so One of the things I'm curious about with a topic like this for your movie, did you have any trouble or have a hard time like crewing up? Like, did like hmm. were men were men weird about it? Oh or, no, actually, actually no. Um, the only thing that was a little weird, I guess, between men versus women was with the script. When I would send men the script, including our original DP who was a man, but then he had to back out for reasons having nothing to do with us. Um, and our new DP was a woman, but um, they, their men's response was always like, well, what about the ending? There's just not a lot of hope. Like, yeah. don't you want to give people a little bit of hope at the no. end? <laughs> right. The women, not one woman said that to me. Not one. Really? Wow. Not one. So interesting. And, and so like the men really wanted to resolve it. We want to fix I, it. They wanted to You're fix sad. I want to fix it and make solvers. you feel better yeah. and show you that you can try again and you can do yeah, this and yeah. you can do that. And the women were like, this just sucks. I mean, it sucks. Yeah. And, and maybe there is no hope. And maybe but that's just what it is. The realist. The and, realist. Yeah. yeah. And the men were like, there's got to be a ray of sunshine or something at the end, you know? And I'm like, no, it doesn't because I didn't feel any hope. I felt like this was it and this was my chance and I'm now I'm just fucked. Right. You know? Like and, feel my despair. Yeah. 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 And maybe, yeah. and maybe this, maybe my character has hope. Maybe she does later on, but in this immediate moment when she's really grieving, right. Right. that is the last thing she's thinking of is how do I fix this? Right. She's just thinking, how do I survive this? Right. How do I get yeah. it? How do I feel okay? You know, um, when we shot the final scene of the movie last weekend, um, we were in the middle of the night in the forest and we we're shooting this scene at the end. And uh, it, it's, it's a very intense ending. And I'm crying my eyes out on screen, off screen. Like I was just crying and directing and crying. And like, it was just, but everybody started to cry. I mean, oh. my AD, who's a very tough boy, man, man, was like, came up to me like crying. Okay, we're just going to try it again. We're just going to go around. <laughs> like, and I'm like, are you crying? Oh, wow. <laughs> and I looked around and like everybody was crying. Like to, to some degree, everybody was like tearing up, crying. I'm sure um, it's relatable to everyone. Because yeah. it's about loss. So even if it's not a baby. Right. You've lost somebody, some, some, something. And you know, you know, you know, that's the thing is that like, you may, you know, someone that went through it, you went through it. You've heard stories about people going through, 
you know, I mean, I don't have a lot of respect for Chrissy Teigen, but I, you know, she put it right out there, you know, that it happened and like a whole, you know, Instagram thing, like, you know, posts and pictures and, and I, you know, like there's, there's a, um, element of bravery, you know, Mm -hmm. that goes along with it when when you do put it out there. And I think people have a lot of respect for that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. People kept saying this is so brave. It's so brave. And I was like, I just feel, I don't know that I feel brave. I just feel like for me, it's not that brave, meaning it's not that hard for me to share about it. Right. Like I think for some people it would be very brave. Yeah. For me, I've always been a very open book kind of a person, even in it my stand-up. More, was it more cathartic? Yeah, it was more, it was like, for me, it almost feels selfish. It, that's kind of how it feels to me a little bit. It feels a little selfish because it feels like I need to do this for me to feel like it mattered and to feel like it happened for a reason but and to feel like yeah. he my baby or what would have been my baby because I guess it wasn't really a baby yet whatever you know we'll get into that debate but um to me like that this future child like he didn't come you know look I'm Jewish I'm not very religious but in Judaism we really we believe in reincarnation we believe that there's a reason for everything and all that stuff so Somebody might believe, and I kind of do, that maybe this soul that was going to be my baby, maybe his sole purpose was to come into my life for this very short period of time to make me tell this story to help other women. Yeah. And maybe that's why I had to suffer. And and maybe that's what his purpose was. His purpose was to make me suffer so that I took that suffering, turned it into something artistic and was able to reach other women who may have not been reached before, you know, or not. So, and that makes me feel better because Mm -hmm. it makes me feel like I, there was a purpose to this. It didn't just happen and end. And there's no reason why it happened. I can't deal with the fact that it's like, why did this happen? I don't know. Just cause like it happens. It's like, but there's gotta be a reason. Like, why am I going through this? Why is this happening? You know? Um, so it That's helps huge. me feel better, I guess. Yeah, it's huge. Let me yeah. let me ask you this, because this is always one of those things where a short film in its form, you know, uh, and, and a lot of people do it, um, some good, some not so good. Um, but <laughs> the thing is, is like what I find as a viewer, um, you know, taking away, you know, I, I, if there's something out there that I want to see and it's a short film, especially like when the Academy Awards roll around and you, there's a whole short filmed, you know, category, like yeah. whether it's animated short or regular short or whatever. I always go, I don't know how to find these to watch them. Yeah. That's I'm not a, I'm not a festival goer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That was exactly how, my question. How do I, how do how I, how do you want, how do you find them? Yeah. There are, you know, it used to be harder and now with streaming and the internet and stuff, there's a lot more places to find stuff like that. Um, for instance, if you're really into horror short films, there's a um, a YouTube channel called Alter. Um, and they also have one called Dust that's sci-fi. And they put up the best of the best horror. Boo is on there. Um, they take like really high quality shorts and they're free. You can watch them 
on their YouTube channel. They have like 2 million subscribers or something. Um, there's that, there's a, there's a channel called shorts TV that's available on some streaming services. Um, and now like a lot of festivals will have online components too. So even if you don't go to the festival, you still can watch stuff mm -hmm. um there's more and more there's a new uh service i just signed up with they're called red coral universe and they're going to be putting up curated short films that they have like whatever and it's being backed by a really big producer the guy who produced sling blade and catch me if oh, you can wow. and yeah. so you know he's got he's putting his expertise behind it and we're gonna i'm pretty soon both of my films will be up there um, there's lots of places. There's a place called short of the week on Facebook. They do a, a different short every week that goes up. Okay. Um, so now you can find stuff like that. There are, there's a, there's a, there's another YouTube channel called Amaletto. I don't know what the name is supposed to be, but there's <laughs> a ton of short films on there, comedies, dramas, like whatever. Um, so now you can find that stuff I, a few years ago, even you it was hard to find yeah. but what's great is that a there's an audience for them because there is and b um you know you work so hard on making these short films and it's like if you're only going to see them at a festival and then they just kind of disappear into the ether it's yeah. like why did i do this yeah um, whereas now they have a life of their own i mean i have jacks and boo are on amazon prime so you could go they have other shorts on their HBO also or Max or whatever the yeah. fuck their name is now. Um, they they also have short films on there. Um, yeah. So now a lot of like Hulu has, I think, a short film section, although to get on those, you know, probably harder than than not. Yeah. But um, you know what's cool is that a lot of big name actors are finding way, right? Like right. Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza, who I yeah. love. Yeah, like I I saw that she had done one, and I'm like, yeah. Oh, if you go to like Holly Shorts Film Festival, there's a ton of them that they really? play every year oh. with like huge names in them that you're wow. like, because it's also something that they can do on the weekend. You're like, if you can get to them and yeah. give them either the money or the project that they might be interested in, you're saying, I need you for two days. Yeah. I need you for two days and and they can sometimes just fit it in because it's something they really want to do or they like or it's a role they wouldn't normally play right. and they're getting a chance to do something different yeah. or or they just were like I, you know there's what's his name um Trejo Danny Trejo yeah <laughs> mostly if you pay him like five thousand a day he'll do anything <laughs> like, there's like you know an Eric, uh, what's her name? Julia, Eric Roberts is in like every indie movie ever because he also, it's like he has a day rate. I don't know what it is. 25, 3,000 a day. If you pay him his day rate, he will be there. <laughs> he will get on, you know? And so it's like, um, Boo, we had um, Parisa Fitzhenley, who was a series regular on numerous shows. Josh Kelly, also a series regular. Laura Slade Wiggins was in both of my films. She was on Shameless. And that's where we met, actually, when I was on Shameless with her. She, this is the only film she hasn't been in. And I'm so sad because I didn't have a part for her. I was like, I don't oh. have anything for you to do. And she's like, I want to be in it. And I'm like, I have nothing. I have nothing. Wow. It's funny. Um, when we were talking to, uh, remember when we were talking to Scott Lowell? And we were, he had a, a YouTube series, right? Adoptable. And he had Noah Wiley in it. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, he was in that's awesome. series. Yeah. I mean, like, if you know, look, we had David Crumholtz was in Breaking Fat because I was friends with him. 
And yeah. I was like, come and do this stupid web series with us. And I guess he just was free and had nothing to do and thought it was funny. And he was like, yeah, shit, I'll come down. I've been trying to get him ever since, but now he's kind of making a name for himself and I'm very happy. So it's been harder to get him to like respond and do what I need him to do. <laughs> I, last, I last saw him in mom, right? He was yeah. in mom, yeah. Well, now he's in that new Oppenheimer movie. He was just on Broadway. Like he's been very in demand and I'm so happy because he's such a talented person and a kind person and he deserves all the success, but also I really want him to be a <laughs> Is there a hope when you do this, these short films or, and, or does it happen that it becomes a full length? Like someone sees it and says, oh, we want to see more. Two hours of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's been, for me, it's been a curse, <laughs> but, yeah. but um, a lot of people go into it specifically for that reason. Like they're like, I'm going to make this short in order to get attention and money and blah, blah, blah for my feature of this. Like it's a proof of concept. Yeah. Right. Um, I never go into it with that. To me, it's just a short. If it becomes yeah. something else, it becomes something else. But I don't do it. I don't do it for the next step. I do it just for the step itself. Yeah. Um, but like Boo had a lot of success. And I had many, many people saying like, where's the script for the feature? I had meetings. And I was like, I don't have a script for the feature because I didn't like expect this to be anything really other than what it was. I have since been working on the feature script because it seems to be something people really like. Um, and it would be fun to make a feature of it for sure. Um, but I have, everything's been on hold with this new movie, but, um, but yes, a lot of people do that intentionally and some people it just kind of becomes that I would love to make Jackson love my first one, a series. Like that is what I really want to do. I think it would be an amazing, like a female Dexter kind of a yeah, thing yeah. and I just think it would be really fun and there's not a lot of female serial killers on tv right, or anywhere right? else yeah, yeah um especially not overweight female serial <laughs> killers so um bisexual overweight it was very important <laughs> to me her, she was a bisexual character and I it was very important to me that people knew that um yeah. because you don't see a lot of that either right. um so I wanted to really represent who I feel like I am and um, like whether it's a woman, my size or a woman, my sexuality or whatever. And so hopefully one day that can happen. Hopefully boo becomes a feature one day. Um, I had a bunch of meetings, but it was right when COVID hit and oh, everything, God. like a bunch of the companies I were talking to actually like dissolved and people got fired and the person championing the film wasn't there anymore. And, oh, um, so it kind of just didn't really pan out. So this film I don't want to say it's my last chance, but it's my it's my really last ditch effort to try to like make it to the next level, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, and instead of just throwing it out there to the festivals that I know will take it, I'm actually waiting till next year to try for Sundance and TIFF and Tribeca and the ones that are going to matter yeah. in my career. Um, as much as I love the other ones, they're not going to really change my life in any way. Um, so I'm hoping that South by Southwest, I don't know, that one of them 
just likes it and it gets out there and the PR is there and people are like, oh, you're a really talented actress or director. I don't even care what they hire me as. One I of the things was just for music. I didn't know they had uh South by film. Southwest has a music festival. They also have um like a oh, tech part and they have a film part and they yeah. it's like a four-week yeah. yeah. I've never been, but their film festival is very it's up it's up there with Sundance. Like I mean it's it's just as prestigious. Um so look, you can't win the lottery if you don't play the lottery. So I'm going to send it. Um, right. and, and if it doesn't get in, it doesn't get in. But like, what's the worst thing? I wasted a few hundred bucks. Um, but the best thing could be that I get some attention as a director or as an actor. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I get offered other jobs and, um, and can stop teaching full time. <laughs> <laughs> I like teaching. I just, you know, it's not what I want to be doing necessarily. Yeah, I, do, I, I do enjoy it, but I don't want to do it as much as I do it. That's what I mean. <laughs> like, I don't think people understand, like when you, you know, are, are you, I, you know what, regardless of your project, you know, it's whether it's, you know, most of us have day jobs, you know, and, and when we do um, set out and do a project, you know, there's a level of passion there you know, that, that we're sinking into this project. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's not. And it takes time and energy. And I mean, I, I was in pre-production for this. I was crowdfunding by myself, yeah. teaching 30 kids a week, teaching two gr grades also on top of the 30 kids tutoring one-on-one and trying to like be the director, writer, producer, and everything wow. so no, and I... people don't realize like it is very hard to keep all those balls in the air yeah. I've been sick for the last three no. weeks because I think I'm just been like exhausted and overwhelmed and I just keep getting sick because I think I'm not getting enough sleep and whatever but I know I was so worried I was like oh my god you're still on for tonight like well I know because we were I was sick the last time we yeah. I was sick but I was sick the week before my movie and I was sick the week after but for some God bless reason for four days, I was not sick and I was able to get the shoot done. But I swear to you, I was sick up until the day before and I was sick the day we finished. Oh, and I, I think it was like sheer will yeah. and determination that I was like, I am not sick. I am fine. You know, <laughs> and then, and then as soon as it was over, I was like, I'm so sick. <laughs> yeah. That's my wife when we go on holiday. The first three days she's sick because <laughs> constant work mode and, just and the stress and, and 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 finally yeah. stopping and relaxing. And yeah, um my parents funny. are very my dad is a very much like a workaholic and he really believes in work ethic and working hard and whatever. And he my whole life has always been I maybe he would disagree, but slightly disappointed that I don't work as much as I should or something. He actually sat me down like a couple of days ago. He's like, you need to find time to go on a vacation. Oh. For, for coming from him means I must be working really yeah. hard because yeah. he was like, I said, I can't, I have this and I have bar mitzvahs and I'm teaching and I'm, and he's like, figure it out. You got to push him off. You got to move him away. You got to take the time. You have to make the time. And See, coming from him, it just meant like, oh, wow, I must be like working harder than I even think that I'm working. That's old school for like what's now self-love, you know, self-care, self-love. Exactly. You know? yeah. yeah. And to him, he's, I mean, he'll work. He's got 102 fever and he's like, I'm going to work. And I'm just like, well, you rest. And he doesn't, my, both my parents do not rest. They are constantly 
doing. And I think that's why I'm not that way usually. I'm actually very much a, I'll work, but I need a few hours where I'm not doing anything. I, I just, I need to have the downtime. I need to take the time for myself. And they feel like that's me wasting time. I could be doing other things. And I'm like, sometimes taking a nap is doing other things. Right. Sometimes watching TV yeah. is doing other things. Right. And I can't go, 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 go. Um, but yeah, I, my whole day is like that. Do a little something, give yourself a break. Yeah. Give, I, I take a nap almost every day if I can, not today. Cause I've been like nonstop today, but, um, but some days, most days, I find a time, even if it's for 30 minutes, to lay down in my bed and just be like, I'm just going to lay here for 30 minutes and just like not. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can do it like I could do like a 15, 20 minute or like just sitting there on the couch. Going around, but I yeah. can't. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't go up to bed or I won't come back down. So oh, it is hard to pull myself out for the afternoon tutoring. Like, <laughs> I, I do movie stuff in the morning and then. And the kids aren't out of school till three. So that's when the tutoring usually starts like three to eight. So I, you know, from like one to two or whatever, I could be going to take a walk, which is what I should be doing, but I'm usually <laughs> napping. <laughs> it's all right. It all works out in the end. It's all about balance. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. Listen, I appreciate you taking your time, uh, time out. I know, I know that you have got so much going on. I couldn't believe that we were doing this and you just finished the film I yeah, saw on Facebook I was like oh wow what timing <laughs> oh yeah no we're you guys are my first interview since the since we finished I mean we're editing right now but um hopefully I don't know by September well Sundance last deadline is in September so it's gonna be done by September mm -hmm. um and then it probably won't hit any actual festivals till next year um whether it's the good ones or the other ones they're all good but you know what i mean well you uh, posted so we can you know we can give yeah, like i will i'd love to yeah. i really enjoy this i've really enjoyed this conversation it's just been really nice just like hanging out and talking i know and, it's yeah. so good to see you i'm so glad that that it's all happening i really i really am thank like, you and if um we, we are done with crowdfunding but we are still raising money because we unfortunately had to we went way over budget <laughs> Um, so the money that we did make was not really enough. Um, and we still have post and film festival submissions. So if anybody wants to contribute, they still can. Um, you can't do it on the seed and spark link, but if you go, which I'll give you, but you can go to the seed and spark link to see what perks and incentives we originally offered. And I'm still honoring all of them. So whether okay. it's, there's a DVD with all of my films, that's going to be coming out that will include this one also behind the scenes documentaries and stuff like that. Um, there's like producer credits, there's posters, there's stuff, whatever. So um, people can donate like by Venmo, PayPal, Zelle, however you want to, Pigeon, uh, whatever, however you want to get it to me. Um, send a check if you have to. And we'll still honor all of the incentives at those different levels. And I promise you the money is going directly into the film and nowhere else we just at this point it's like either coming out of my credit cards or if people keep donating well, so i would prefer if people kept donating of course um, and i'm happy to give you whatever perks and incentives you want that were originally so offered. they would go to seed and spark and they would look for they can go and be like oh well for 150 dollars, i can get a, a session with a tutoring session with rick oh, no, that part 
do they have to search something specific? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, how do they find it? I'll give you this link. So it's um seedandspark.com slash fund slash still short film. But I can write it out for you if you want to like put it. Um <laughs> There's also, I think, a link on my website from cyclamenfilms.com. So there's also a link to go there. You just can't donate on there because the campaign is over. Um, but I can give you Venmo, PayPal links, stuff like that. Also, anybody can just reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram. Um, I'm happy to answer any questions. Um, and it would just be, you know, it would be great. We're going to have special, you know, thanks in the credit. You'll get your name in the credits. You know, um, you'll have a part, you'll have a, you'll have a part of having made, made this happen, which yeah. we still that's need to do yeah. that. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> uh, that's amazing. So yeah, when we, we'll put the show up next weekend, but we'll make sure that it's on the, uh, on the, I'll send you all the links that you would need and you can just copy and paste if you want. Um, Perfect. but People are still donating like every so often I'll get like 50 bucks or something and we're putting out, we shout you out on social media and thank you if you want, unless they say they don't want that. Um, <laughs> some people are like, do not, do not talk about me on social media. So I oh don't, um, they're like, we don't want to, I don't want my name to be on it. And I was like, that's fine. Um, but you know, we'll shout you out. It's really, it's just the only way for us to make movies without yeah, let's get you covered. is to have people. We don't want you to have to do it out of pocket. So yeah, the goal is to, to get. Make it sure gets really pocket. expensive. I mean, the traveling is going to be all out of my pocket. Going to the festivals me out of my pocket. So if we can at least get the post done, post production done, and if we can get the submission money to like make sure, because that's so expensive. Sometimes they're sixty to a hundred dollars each festival. Um, it can get real pricey, real fast. Yeah, yeah. I was so shocked to learn that. I, I never knew that, but yeah. Yeah, and you have, and you, you, there's no guarantee you're going to get in either. And you right. got to make posters and postcards, and you want to give out buttons because that's the only way people will come see your screening. And <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean, like, yeah, Merch. it's a very long, expensive, tiring process, and that's why I only do it every five years or so. <laughs> My first film was like six or seven years ago. Boo was like now four years ago. Some people do it like one after another, and I do not know how they have the stamina. It's crazy. It. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's so it's the crowdfunding part of it is so hard to get the word out. And yeah, I hate it. I yeah. hate it. I was saying I I'll never do it again. I always say I'll never <laughs> do it again. And then I realize I, if I don't do it again, I can't do it again. Yeah. I the same thing with making CDs and new albums. Well, now they're not CDs anymore, but making new albums. Sure. Yes. Yeah. One, not doing it again. And there you right? go. Three years later, to five years later, whatever. You're yeah. just like, eh, I, you have to, because if you're an artist, it's like, you have to, you have to create. It's a passion and, you know, it's like, you got to fulfill that. It's like childbirth, you know? I think if people, like, remembered how bad their childbirth was, there probably would <laughs> be a lot of people. But I think people have a baby, and then a few years later, they're like, oh, I wasn't so bad. And then they do, and they're like, oh, no, it was. It was pretty bad. And then they forget again, and then they have a third. I said to my mom, I'm like, how did you do this three times? She's like, you forget. You just kind of forget. <laughs> yeah. And that's how it is for me with creating stuff. You forget how hard it is so and you're, you're like i know it's hard but it's not that hard and then you're in it and you're like oh this was like way harder than i recall it being. yeah, um, yeah because it's just you know getting you know it's it's i think in this day and age the reach 
is so expansive, you know, so the, the work is more, you know, it's even more because you have to do so much more to get out there and you have to yeah. be your own PR and your own marketing and your right. own this. And your we own say that. that all the time. Uh, yeah. For sure. As any kind of an artist, a musician, a filmmaker, but that's why I don't make movies that don't have meaning to me because it's way too much friggin' work to make something stupid. Yeah. Like sometimes when yeah. I see really dumb movies, like really dumb movies, I'm like, I think about all the money and time and effort that went into it. I and I'm like, think who that thought that this was a good idea to yeah. put yeah. some effort into? I know. Um, I often like lean over to my wife and go, somebody knew somebody. Like yeah. somebody. <laughs> Why are you making that? I don't know. So like like I've been offered, you know, directing stuff that I'm like, this is fine, but I don't want to spend two years of my life on this. Like it's fun. It's oh, it'll be a fun movie, but it doesn't have any meaning for me. And yeah. so if it doesn't have a message, boo is all about addiction. And that was it was all about addiction and drinking. And and for me, it had meaning. And I had addicts coming to me telling me, oh, I feel seen by this movie. I feel understood by this movie. And that's what keeps me making them is making an actual effect on real people in the real world and their real emotions and their real you know lives. I think there's there's so few people. You know, I, there's so few uh, people that can say that honestly, and I and I know you're one of them. Oh, you know, okay. because I do think that it's um, sometimes people get in it for the right reasons and stay in it for the wrong reasons. So, yeah, I yeah. think you're. I will never. You will never see me taking on some dumb thing because it's going to pay me a lot of money. They were going to pay me a lot of money for this feature, and I was like, for me, it was a lot of money, not to like other people, but I was like. But it's, it's like it just meaningless. It's meaningless. Yeah. For for like two hours of fun for somebody to watch, I guess. But like that's not enough for me to put that kind of effort. In. I think the word is uh, integrity. <laughs> I yeah. suppose. Yes. Yeah. I just want to make a difference on the world, and if I don't have children to do that with, um, to like leave behind, I want to leave behind a legacy of like I tried to help people in the way that I knew how, whether it was to make them laugh. Or to make them cry. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's amazing. I think uh, think what you're doing is pretty darn special. (laughs) Thank you. I think what you guys are doing is darn special. I love that you give this opportunity for people to talk about their... Yeah, man. We want to shine a spotlight on all the creatives in our community. So we we appreciate it. Thanks for including me in your community, too. Because not everybody (laughs) does. Being in the LGBTQIA community. I said, I'm always like, I'm the silent B in LGBT. <laughs> I'm the silent B that nobody wants to talk about, but I'm there. Yeah, and I feel a part of the community, whether whether some people believe that I am or not. <laughs> well, we believe, man. Thank we you. <laughs> I want to be a part of that community. <laughs> Yeah. Listen, take care. Keep us posted on every little thing and we will yeah. we'll see you on the socials. All right. Sounds okay. good. Thank good you. Nice to meet you, Why do you always run back to like never stop chasing your dreams? And I confess, <laughs> my addiction, my addiction is you. Don't ask me why I'm here tonight. I had to take this midnight drive to find you.
Thank you.